I'm Tracy from Stuff You Missed in History Class. Are you a small business owner or even someone who dreams of entrepreneurship? Then check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from iHeart Podcasts and Intuit QuickBooks. Join hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres as they interview entrepreneurs sharing insights around starting and nurturing a small business. You won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class, a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and happy Friday. I'm Holly Fry. And I'm Tracy V. Wilson. We talked about Charles McIntosh and the first mass-produced rainware. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the reason we did this episode... Can you guess? I'll ask you if you want to guess. Uh, I don't think I can guess. You probably could if you really thought for a I, minute. If I put effort into guessing, I probably Yeah, it's could. Bob's Burgers. It's always okay, Bob's yeah, Burgers. Yeah. So there's an episode of Bob's Burgers where Linda is trying to explain to Bob and the kids this long-running family feud that's been going on on her side of the family. And one of the very minor details in it is that she thinks that one of the people from the wrong side of the family married into the family that um, invented raincoats. And Bob is like, I don't think that's right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what is right? Who did invent raincoats? And that's how that happened. Um, I almost want to do a future episode on Thomas Hancock because he's persnickety in a way that I find entertaining. Okay. <laughs> uh, for one thing, he called his masticator in his like casual writing about it a pickle. He called it the pickle. Okay. It, because it was like a long tube and it had little bumps on it, it did kind of look like a pickle. Okay. And so any of his writing like to friends about it are like, oh, I was working on the pickle today and it just cracks me up. But he was also, I mean, we mentioned that he was involved in that legal battle about protecting their patents and he was relentless. So mm-hmm. you mentioned when we were recording that you had seen advertisements that are like the Goodyear raincoat. Mm-hmm. And when Goodyear started producing rainware, Hancock took out ads in a lot of places in Europe and North America that was basically like, you may be seeing advertisements for a new raincoat offered by the Goodyear company. Please know that because of my collaboration with Charles McIntosh, ours is the only real raincoat. Like, he was very adamant about it. That's hilarious. Um, And kind of you know, took an attack approach. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Which cracked me up. 
I also really enjoyed the the problem with Taylor's not trusting Charles McIntosh. Mm-hmm. And some of the write-ups about that, also by Thomas Hancock, are quite funny. But I can understand, right? As someone who stitches a whole lot, I mean, this happens to anybody who kind of knows what they're doing, mm-hmm. and then a random person is like, you know what you should do? Which, can I tell you, that's my most, one of my most hated phrases. You know oh, what yeah. you should do. Yeah, I, I, it, mm. Mm-hmm. My response is always, when you make yours, that's how you should do it. Well, but I'm going to do what I do. Overwhelmingly, the person telling me you know what you should do, like, doesn't actually have the context to know what exactly. I should do. That's yeah. why I always say, oh, you should make yours that way. Um, and I try to do it with a really peppy, upbeat voice. <laughs> so it sounds like I'm being supportive, but really I'm being kind of a witch. Um Yeah, so I can understand where garment manufacturers were like, that's nice, dude. We know how to make clothes. Yeah. Um, But in that case, they really didn't know how to work with that specific material. That that whole part of it kind of blew my mind a little bit because to me, it's just so obvious that if you're running a needle through this thing, it's going to make a bunch of tiny holes that are going to (laughs) leak, which is why... Uh, I mean, technology has evolved in more recent years, but, like, I remember when I was a kid, like, there just so many steps you would have to take to, like, uh, wax the seams in these horrible tents at the the old, you know, Girl Scout campground, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I mean, here's the thing. I can imagine... Knowing that you're making this those stitch holes, but, oh, they're so tiny, it's probably not going to matter. The rubber is going to close up around them a little bit. Mm. I could see you thinking that. Not you specifically, but I could see a person thinking that. Uh, and it, But it just didn't work in practice, obviously. So, like, at the Macintosh company now, I think one of the things they do, and I think what's been done for a long time, is after they stitch a seam, like, some seams are, weld, are welded, I'm air quoting, but, you know, uh, it's not welding like what you might be thinking mm-hmm. of with heat, but, like, you can weld glue things together. Um, they will go over a seam, like, and apply a layer of rubber to it, just like you were talking about with the waxing of of tent seams and stuff. So... Um, there are different ways that you can manage that, but I I can completely understand both sides of that particular equation where it's like, yes, he does know this will mess it up. Yes, they also absolutely know how to make a garment. Right. <laughs> like, it just, it worked out. I'm curious if you have had the same experience I have in that the garment that I was told was a Macintosh for a million years, and I don't know where I got this, but, like, a lot of people I knew called it this, were, like, those um, flannel shirts that are then, like, quilted on the inside like a jacket. Mm-hmm. And I had always heard those called Macintoshes. But they're not rainwear, and they're they're cozy as heck, but they're not appropriate. And I don't know where those picked up that that name. So I, do, I don't think that uh, it is a term that has just really been in my vocabulary a lot. Yeah. Um, I feel like I saw, like, the garment you just described, described as a Macintosh, like, in a video game or something. Like, maybe that's where I got it. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I just, uh, I don't, I don't feel like I grew up calling any garment colloquially a a Macintosh. I do, however, remember growing up with, like, (laughs) totally not breathable in any way raincoats. Oh, I have so many feelings about raincoats. And like growing up in the South where often when it was raining, it was also warm and just becoming like 
like a little sauna inside the raincoat. <laughs> yes, still. I would say um, it's not as common a term here. In the UK, I don't think you can exist without having heard the term Macintosh referred mm-hmm. to a jacket sure. all the time. Um, I have strong feelings about raincoats, which is that I would rather just get wet. Mm-hmm. For the same reasons you just mentioned. I have one raincoat that I have had since college. Mm-hmm. I bought it at, here is a blast from the past, Lowman's Department Store. Okay. And I bought it because it's adorable and it's plastic, but it is leopard print and it has cute little corduroy cuff and collar, like a black corduroy cuff and collar. And I love it, but like, it has to be a desperate moment when I will pull that one out of the closet because Mm -hmm. it's, I hate that feeling of not being able to like have air pass through (laughs) Yeah. And I'm just like, great, I'll just get wet. That's fine. I also don't carry an umbrella very often for the very same reasons. Too cumbersome. I remember the first time I bought a a waterproof yet breathable jacket. Uh, and it was an in advance of a trip to the Pacific Northwest. Um, and because often those that kind of outerwear is expensive, like I found, like, the most, most discounted, (laughs) super, super on sale that uh, I actually really liked, and I wore it forever. And, like, now, just because I am uh, a little bigger than I was when I bought it, I could no longer, (laughs) I could no longer (laughs) zip it up. And I only just recently replaced it, similarly shopping around a whole lot for something that was going to be waterproof, but also breathable and also not hundreds of dollars. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I struggle with rainwear. Yeah. Uh, This is why I hate cold weather also. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't like wearing that many layers. Yeah. Unless they are fancy and cool. (laughs) (laughs) What you gotta do is move to a place that's a lot colder and be amazed as your body recalibrates itself. No, it's not. It's not a temperature thing. I feel like my movement is restricted too much and I get real panicky. Oh, okay. I get that. I'm like, I don't have the same range of motion. What if ninjas come? Like, it's not going to happen. It's the same reason I don't like massage. Uh Uh-huh. Because it relaxes me too much and I feel not on alert in case danger takes place. And it's the same reason I don't like prescription pain medications. Like when I've had like oral surgery or something, I'm like, no, I'm too relaxed. I can't handle the world if an emergency takes place. And I will look very placid on the outside and inside. I am a full-blown panic attack. Happening. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't want to be restricted in any way, mentally or physically. Right. <laughs> I don't know why I'm perpetually like ready for danger, but there you go. <laughs> I'm Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. Did you know small businesses make up 99.9% of all businesses in the United States? The world is powered by entrepreneurs. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. And every episode hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres talk to entrepreneurs about how they've grown from the 
the lessons of launching and nurturing a small business and how they have found success being their own boss. From the excitement of first starting out to finding the right tools and resources to process invoices and payments like QuickBooks Money, you won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We talked about Horace Fletcher on the show this week. We sure did. I do have a question for you before you get into your actual show stuff. Okay. Because you have referenced on the show a couple times the movie, The Road to Wellville. Uh-huh. Have you read that book? I have not read the book, but I do know that it is also a book. So I love T.C. Boyle. I love his writing. Like a million years ago, I think when I was maybe in high school, mm-hmm. he was on NPR talking about his short story book, If the River Was Whiskey, and I have been a fan ever since. So just Mm -hmm. for anyone that hasn't read it and knows about the movie and maybe not the book, highly recommend lots of his work. Very interesting writer. Yeah. 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 Just in general, having worked as a massage therapist before, like I never worked as a massage therapist at a place that was as health devoted as the San reportedly was. Um, but I did work for a time at a spa where people would come and stay and all of their meals were provided and they were supposed to be like very nutritionally selected by the chef. And, and uh, I remember um, there was a, a guy that did a lot of like the maintenance and grounds kind of work who was also people's like covert hookup for getting hamburgers from town. (laughs) I love it. Um, And there was a secret soft drink machine sort of hidden away. Um, Yeah, yeah. Uh, So that movie uh, reminds me sometimes of some of the things that I experienced as a massage therapist, which is a time that 
I loved a lot of aspects of, but also occasionally I would hear people say things that made me go, that is not how it works, though. Um, like Horace Fletcher, there's no, there's not a physiological gate in your mouth that is forcing you to keep chewing your food until it's out of nutrients. Like, that's just, <laughs> this is not, not how it works. Um, I did not read every word of all of his books because there are sure, sure a lot of them. But there were things in them that just struck me as so delightful. And I really, as soon as I read the sentence, let us work together for a season in the now field, I was like, I've never heard anybody say that before, but it so sounds like something I would have heard someone say at like a self-help workshop kind of thing or like some kind of relaxation seminar. Uh, and I think I went, what, out loud, and then read it again. It was like, I love this sentence. <laughs> Don't be a sewer. <laughs> Don't be a sewer I also liked a lot. And that the book that that came from was just this weird mix of sometimes very long discursive, like, could you get to the point of what you're talking about? And then these tiny little gems, like, don't be a sewer. And I was like, I would like this all a lot better if it was more like, don't be a sewer, and less like, here is this incredibly long, wandering paragraph yeah, about something that doesn't really fully make sense to me. Also, one of our past episodes is on Edward Gorey. Uh, and I went to the Edward Gorey house on Cape Cod when I was doing the research for that, and there was a little sign hung up by on one of the doors that I am pretty sure said, no Henry James at the Edward Gorey house. And so as I read this part that was about Henry James being just so into Fletcherism for a while, I was like, I wonder if that's why. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so weird. Fletcherism became so big, and I understand why, right? Obviously, like, this person was touting the many benefits. And I... When you read, like, his rules in that that later book, I get it because it has seeds in, like, a, a very similar thing to what's going on now with, like, intuitive eating and, like, getting oh, off sure. of the the diet roller coaster that many people find themselves on and actually, like, listening to your body and what it wants and needs. And I see why people are like, yes, of course, this is how we should do it. And then they go, wait, I would, like, just like a cupcake once in a while would be great. Yeah, well, and he was fine with cupcakes. Like, the there's also a movement now to, like, not assign labels like junk food and bad right. for you and things like that to food. And he was pretty in line with that. Like, he really thought you can eat whatever your appetite is calling for. You just got to chew it. Sometimes he would eat chocolate candy for breakfast but it was like three little pieces of it because it took him an hour. See, that's the other thing. To chew all of it. We didn't really touch on it in the episode, but like one of the things that really, people who are not into this, one of the things that they found really upsetting about it is that for a lot of us, meals are a social activity and we go to dinner together to have a connection with other people. And if you were having dinner with somebody who was a Fletcherite, there was not going to be any conversation because they were just going to be slowly chewing the whole time. <laughs> well, that's kind of right, that little bit that we did include about the 400 of New York just yeah. kind of being not a very fun crew anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. 
something that I said in the uh, kind of off mic moment was that like as the food fattists go, he does seem to have been like one of the less dangerous. Like he wasn't he wasn't advocating things that could really really hurt anybody in most circumstances, right? I there I feel like there are zero nutritional things that are universally applicable to everybody. Right. But like if you were going to try to chew your food that much and it was not going to work out for you, that I think that was going to be pretty clear pretty quickly. Uh and if you were going to chew your food that much, it might have la- like contributed to some like maybe some jaw issues or some dental right. issues, but um probably not going to harm your health long term in the way that some of the people that were like, no, you literally just need to starve yourself, which was also a thing. Well, and the thing was, he never really, to the best of my knowledge, advocated, like, you have to eat X number of food or X amount less than you were before. His was like, you will naturally eat less if you do this and you'll find you want less. Rather than it being a limiting thing, it was, again, one of those, like, that will just happen. Don't worry about it. I'm Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. Did you know small businesses make up 99.9% of all businesses in the United States? The world is powered by entrepreneurs. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. And every episode, hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres talk to entrepreneurs about how they've grown from the lessons of launching and nurturing a small business and how they have found success being their own boss. From the excitement of first starting out to finding the right tools and resources to process invoices and payments like QuickBooks Money, you won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV True Crime Podcast, to live and die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. 
the war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A lot of people that write about him today have a big focus on on the weight loss aspect of it because he did describe himself as losing a bunch of weight. But most of his own writing, like, that's that's a tiny bit of what... He was talking a lot more about having more energy and not getting sick as often and having all this stamina that he reportedly had. Like, some of the things he was doing as publicity stunts about how healthy he kind of was sound almost like kind of the stunts that we've talked about with... Uh, various strong woman type characters, not char- actual people that we've talked about on the show before. Um, he's like, I'm going to ride a bike 200 miles. And then apparently did, claiming that he had no soreness the next day. And I I don't know if that was actually the case. If he really did, having no real training as a cyclist, ride a bike 200 miles with no soreness the next day. I don't have a great explanation for that. <laughs> See, I think he was so good at mind over matter that he probably blocked out the discomfort and pain that even a pretty seasoned cyclist would experience. Yeah. 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 That's just my guess, though. I'm glad that I finally got around to him on the on the list because he's really been on, on my list for a super long time. And uh, I don't know, I is as... Um, frustrating as some of his writing was in terms of how it was written. I always love reading the people who very confidently say something that's wrong. And I'm sure in a hundred years, somebody's going to listen to our podcast and listen to me very confidently say something wrong. Oh, yeah. And be like, I love doing this. I love it when people from the past say such doofy things. It happens. It happens. We all do, because we're operating with the knowledge that we have at hand. Sure. And that knowledge is going to change and sometimes not be accurate any longer once we discover new things. Yeah. It's just, yeah. that's what being human is. Yeah. I do wish that we knew more detail about uh, earlier life. And I actually think a dedicated researcher could probably trace a lot more stuff. Um, because when I was trying to just verify stuff like his middle name, I just, my search results list had so many um, immigration records from times that he applied for a passport or re-entered the United States or whatever. Right. Um, and so I think, uh, as is often the case, like a, a very dedicated researcher, I think, could write a very fascinating biography of him um, that would involve a whole lot of crawling through old records and maybe maybe somebody has that autobiography he was working on uh, in their attic somewhere. Um, the only reference to a papers collection I found for him was actually at Harvard and it was just like a box of some correspondence. And so 
uh, who knows? But anyway, I would read that, though, if somebody did <laughs> write that biography. The universe has heard your call. We'll see what yes. happens. <laughs> I'm manifesting a biography of Horace Fletcher. There you go. If you would like to send us a note, we're History Podcast at iHeartRadio.com. Since it's Friday, happy, happy Friday. Whatever's coming over the weekend for you, whether it's work or play or some combination of the two, I hope it goes as well as possible. We'll be back with a classic episode tomorrow and something brand new on Monday. Stuff You Missed in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.